welcome to more to come. PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Recorded at the PW offices in New York City, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am the Graphic Novels Review Editor of Publishers Weekly as well as the Editor-in-Chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. Check us out on Twitter at, at PW Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer, and you can find us at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe uh, to more to come on iTunes and on social media. Um, on Facebook, you, we, you can find us at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. Okay, this week on more to come. Uncle Lim, Uncle Lim, Uncle Lim. Yes, uh, yeah. And, uh, Did you go to Angoulême? I wish I could say it in French. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, yes, it's um, <laughs> bonjour mes amis. Oh, uh, yeah. well, I just I just I run know. through my entire French vocabulary. Um, yes, I'm just back uh, from three or four days. I can't. You know, I'm still jet lagged. I think. Uh, in in France, um, in in particular in the uh, medieval era city of Angoulême, uh, which is taken over each year by tens of thousands of fans and apparently by one deranged festival organizer, oh um, uh, Frank Bondu, who uh, we'll, we'll we'll certainly talk more about that. Um, uh, actually, my the lead in my report uh, is that you know, look, this is the most distinguished uh, comics festival in Europe, but. For this year, what people are going to remember are the gaps and the and the and the and just the, the the appalling sexism. Calvin, did you did you like witness any of this this? I mean, the gaff. Well, tell us about. The well, gaff. I, I'm talking about the gaff that took place yeah. before uh, with the nomination or during list. and after, and of course the one at the end, the faux faux. I mean, that whole thing. Um, more on this later. More listeners. on this later. Uh, uh, I was able to talk to Matt Madden, uh, old friend, great cartoonist, French speaker living in France, and on the grand jury. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he actually is- issued, a, as I'm sure you know, yes. issued a, a translation of a letter of protest the jury sent to um, uh, the organizers, just uh, just appalled at the, everything that's gone on. But, but you know, Angoulême, uh, the, the festival of Angoulême, it's much bigger than a small-minded um, yes. set of yes, organizers. That uh, seem to be mostly about embarrassing uh, the festival and themselves. Um, this, you know, my as my first trip to Angoulême uh, and my my first trip to France. Uh, I believe me, I was total immersion. I mean, it's an all book. Uh, just you know, if, if you've ever been to Frankfurt Book Fair or know anything about Frankfurt, it's like Frankfurt, but it's all comics. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really a massive exhibition. Um, probably my most memorable part of it was. Uh, um, Le Nouveau Monde, which yes. is the, the New World. Uh, really, it's sort of SBX, MoCA, Comics Arts LA, uh, Cab, TCAF times about five. Yes, it's enormous. And it it's really just is. Row it's after row, booth after booth, of fascinating, uh, beautifully produced uh, graphic novels yeah. um, of every kind and genre. I mean, uh, I spoke a little bit with Serge. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce yes. his last name of Sa Ela. Uh, he had a, his usual full lineup of American. That's his shtick. He publishes only Americans. Uh, Peter Cooper was there. Dash Shaw was there. Um, uh, Durf was there. Yeah, Durf uh, is like a, a, a well, superstar he, yes, in France, yes, right? Yes, in fact, because he, he won one of the awards, <laughs> I think. The, the, yeah, the, they one love of the Durf in France. 
I guess uh, he, he translates well. Well, he had a, he had a trash. long line of people in front of him signing every time I saw him. Um, uh, of course, uh, Jessica Abel. I mean, she has a new book out here in the states, but she has a book in um, in France. Trish Trash, Roller Girl from Mars, and she was doing signings at the Dargo booth in one of the panels. There's a name I, I I can't remember it, but it was really the big guys mm-hmm. <laughs> panel. Oh, excuse me, the big guys pavilion, where it was basically full of the biggest publishers there: Casterman, Glenot. Uh, go. Um, and they sort of had a bank. They have several banks of artists signing. And the, uh, the lines, how were the lines for the artists? Uh, I, they were different at different times of day. Mm-hmm. Um, we got there at a point where they were very long, but I, I went back at other times, and they were reasonable, mm-hmm. uh, reasonably long, you know, maybe two or three. But when I first got there, there were probably about ten or more per line that I saw. Uh, and then, of course, everything's for sale. I mean, they're selling, selling, selling. Um, uh, and you walk through these medieval streets that have no grid of any kind <laughs> to them, up and down. I mean, it's it's a hilltop city, as I guess most cities would where the, where most cities were built during the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, in case you know the, the, the they laid siege right, to it's, the it's town. Just, it's just like when you play Civilization, you got to put the town on yeah, top of everything's a hill. on top of a hill. And I mean, <laughs> so there are majestic view. You can turn a corner. And angle in and have a breathtaking view of this river, you know, snaking through the city. Um, there was a fabulous. Uh, well, yeah, you. Know, I'll, well, I'll back up. I won't call it fabulous. It was a very good exhibition <clears throat> at the at the Musée uh, uh, de la BD. Um, uh, Lucky Luke. It was fat. You know, I mean, Americans are not necessarily as blown away by Lucky Luke as the French are, but he is. It is an. It is a. Um, a much loved yes comic very very series, popular and direct. apparently very influential yep. but they did have an amazing exhibition of world comics in the musée de la bd that was just i mean it was everything this was a this was an exhibition of everything from will eisner to art spiegelman to french comics to underground comics to and it just was a timeline of work and wall uh, uh, drawings and I mean, beautifully designed exhibition in a beautiful building. Yeah, well, they take it seriously there. Um, they, they, they indeed they take it seriously. Uh, there was also God, there was one other thing. Uh, there, there, there was a peculiar exhibit. I, and unfortunately, I forget the artist's name of comics for the blind. Um, <laughs> um, you know, essentially these were really bar relief. Um, and uh, well, uh, bar release of patterns. Well, yeah, absolutely. Now, I, the narrative of the comics uh, were, was more conceptual than real. Boy, could I? Yeah. I uh, so and I, Mr. Magoo. I, I thought it worked exactly. I thought it worked better as indeed as gallery art than necessarily as narrative art. But mm-hmm. just one man's opinion. Right. Right. Uh, I could go on and on. The food, of course, was quite good. Now, Kelvin, did you go to the press room? Oh, the press room is not <laughs> to be missed and not to be forgotten. Why? Because there's an endless flow. Of cognac, not to mention excellent Wi-Fi. I mean, and that becomes and, your guiding light. And it's light. in a castle. It's it like really is. I mean, got it's in like City Hall, which is a castle. Ceilings. Like, like Shan, Crystal Chandler. Yes. So do you I mean, think this is the con organizer's plan, that if you get the press soaked with enough uh, cognac, that they won't notice anything no, you do? No, that's the French way. I think it's the French way. Yeah, that's uh, nothing French to do. In fact, in the yeah. little gift bag they give you when you arrive yes, to, pick up your, um, uh, to pick up your badge. Yep. There is a vial this t- six inches tall of cognac. Yeah, I, you know what? I went. I brought that home with me so that when I was home alone, you know, in the sad city of New York, and I took out that last drink of cognac and thought back 
to the halls of Angola. Well, <laughs> when we were walking around looking at very ex- various ex- exhibitions, um, we would suddenly decide, you know what? I think it's time for a trip to the press room. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And we would shoot over there, you know, do a little Wi-Fi, update Facebook, down a couple of cognacs, and like now, I just, head back to the city four to five. I just say, like, uh, before this podcast began, uh, Kate and I were chatting with Galvin, and we're like, oh, and what did you do here? And he's like, mm, I don't remember, really. And uh, <laughs> anyway, there any I don't know how he would remember Is everything. There any Cognac wonder? might be involved. Well, yeah, well, I listen, it becomes, it's, 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 it's great. Uh, Calvin, I'm so glad, I'm so glad you yeah. guys got now, to Now, we should also talk very quickly yeah. about a couple other things. Um, because of the, uh, of the appalling, um, sexist stuff around the nomination list and the uh, stupid faux faux Why don't we deal. tell our listener yeah, yeah, what the we, faux Let's faux. go into some more. You know, we talked before, essentially. I'll just give yes, a little... Yes, we did a whole program yeah, on me, the I'll give you a quick recap because I want to hear page. about the faux faux because yeah. we have talked quite a bit about the sexism. But basically, they give out these awards, the Grand Prix, which is the most prestigious award mm-hmm. in French comics and perhaps in the world. It is, a li- it is like the Nobel Peace Prize for comics. Yes. Uh, they listed 30 nominees, all of them men, some of them absolutely unheard of in mm. the world, but very favorable to the French Old Boys Network. Yes. This uh, aroused an immediate international outcry to which Frank Bondeau, the subbladder of comics, replied, <laughs> well, you know, you can't change history. There's just no women in comics history. You know, they're not in the Louvre either. And uh, and just went on and on. So that, after many, many kerfuffles, they just opened up the nominations uh, Claire, now I'm Claire blanking. Wendling. Claire Wendling was mm-hmm. one of the finalists, along with uh, Herman and um, Alan Moore, and all three of them said, "I don't want it." But then Herman, who was a really uh, well-established, well-known mm. French creator, said, "All right, guys, if you give it to me, I'll accept it." And yeah. thank God he won, because anyone else, yes, uh, if if you know, he was the only possible winner because Alan Moore would accept it, and if Wendling had won, it would have really looked bad. Uh, now, then more happened, though. Now, at the same time, the Fred, I don't know if you were even aware yeah. of this, Calvin. Oh, well, you, I'm sure you were, because you're, but you know, you know how they, uh, announced the Chevalier de la Beaux-Arts, right? No, no, I, this I, is, I, I, I this was... is the equivalent of our Congressional Medal of Honor. Mm-hmm. In fact, our Congressional Medal of Honor was based on this. I see. Uh, back in the day. But, uh, it is, uh, a kind of a knighthood, mm-hmm. uh, it is offered to people in oh, the yeah. arts. Oh, I didn't hear about this because, until I got back. Right, yes. the French love the arts. So they give it to eight cartoonists, four of them women, including Julie Moreau, and three others who are not as well known here in the United States, and I'm not going to try to say their names. Uh, one of them is actually a pseudonym. So when they said, oh, we're <laughs> giving it to so-and-so, <laughs> Uh, who's a woman, it totally blew her uh, or their anonymity. Uh, so uh, one of the winners was also Riyadh Satouf, who we talked about, the yes. uh, author of Arab of the Future. And um, he did accept it. But the four women all came out on their blogs and said, this is phony. I didn't even know that I had gotten this. They never told us they were getting it. Uh, they didn't even have the decency to inform us. It is all a PR move to make up for the idiotic things that have happened. Yeah, and, and they were being charged the equivalent of $150 you to, to, to go to get it. the ceremony, as I read somewhere yeah, later. Yeah. yeah, now, you know what? Uh, so, I, I have to say, some of these some of these details, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure of that. I, tell, I tried to confirm that because it seemed so outrageous that even in this, I mean, anything's possible. But uh, I would take that with a grain of salt just because Google Translate, which seems to have done a lot of the hard work here. I have myself made this mistake of saying that the, that uh, something about chocolate medals. Anyway. Yeah. So that's all happened. But then if that wasn't enough, 
the whole faux faves thing happened. Now, Calvin, can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, I, 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 you know, I, I'm. This is also something I picked up afterwards, but I was able to get some information from Matt about it, and, and from the beat as well, uh, and some other sources. But really, um, you know, there is a whole series of book awards that are issued the, the, really the night before the show ends. Uh, it's apparently a long ceremony, uh, uh, supposedly in an effort to to make it. I also got some information from Ibaka too. Uh, to make it more entertaining, they hired a comedian uh, to do it this night. Which was but not necessarily a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Sure, sure. You know, but Jonathan apparently, Rara. with the uh, apparent knowledge and approval of the uh, festival organizers, they essentially g- gave out a series of fake announcements of winners going on for about eight minutes. I mean, there was some other nonsense going on, too, with cats and um, images of cats because there was some wordplay going on. Fog but it, means a little But at the end of the day, for about eight minutes, they announced supposed winners uh, who were not winners. Mm-hmm. And, and, and look, to give one example, uh, they announced that uh, Saga had won for Best Series and uh, Urban Comics, the publisher in France of Saga was very excited. He was present, and he texted Brian Kavon. Hey, okay, we won. I said, hey, you won. Yeah. <laughs> As mean, he would. What? As you would. So wouldn't you do what? it if you'd won a major Hello. prize at one of the great yeah. comics festivals of the, of the world? Well, apparently, the organizers of the festival thought this would be a hilarious yeah. joke. And now, uh, there was immediate, like, you know, this happened, like, the Saturday night, so, you know, I'm actually, which is, like, Saturday afternoon here so i happened to be online and on twitter i suddenly saw all this faux fov stuff start start throwing up in my feed and i was like what the hell is going on and the outcry was immediate as so, it should be. as it should be because it was just retard oh i can't say it, it was, it was <laughs> just ridiculous it's retarded yes and so uh so the, 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 the comedian himself apologized. He was obviously very mortified that he had done this stupid thing, even though... You know, he did he, it. He did it. However, good old Frank Mondo came out and said, you know what, I am, I'm paraphrasing, but not really. The tone of what he said was, you know, you people have no sense yes, of humor. Yes, that's it's exactly what he said. Fault. You know, the social media has gone too far. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's social media. He does something stupid, but it's social media's fault. It's truly amazing what this guy yeah. has and, done, and I, it's hard to imagine how he keeps his job. And yeah. actually, one of Heidi's commenters had an idea that I thought was great, that the whole fake award thing would have been fine if they had announced like completely ridiculous categories that no one would believe are well, real. exactly. Yes, but but instead, they were names? announcing awards that sounded real. Yeah. I don't... And when they sound, you know, like that's... That's where it went wrong. I, I it just, I, I mean, it, it is really interesting to me that it's hard to get, like, like I was going to say, like, when I read the accounts of this, it said that they were given, like, in Google Translate, uh, despite my attempt to, you know, pepper my speech with colorful French phrases, I, I don't understand <laughs> French, and it said uh, they got chocolate awards, so I put that in my report, but actually, uh, like, un modèle chocolat is like a, a metaphor for like oh, a I fake see. award. So, so you know, if somebody wants to give you chocolate, I mean, that sounds awesome, actually. That might be better. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't really true. So, um, well, you know, we have a whole bunch of – Calvin, you did some interviews while you were there. Yeah, right? we um, – we, uh, well, we, one of the things we also did, we did a big panel. And we're going to – this we're probably going to replay this down the road a lot further. Uh, basically, about women in graphic novel mm-hmm. publishing. And I have to, I have to credit – 
two women uh, because it became very difficult at one point to get women to want to be on this panel because <laughs> it was done obviously in response right. to uh, to some of the previous events. But I, d- I do want to highlight um, Sarah Howell uh, from uh, Australia and Kalina Lyons uh, from Ireland um, w- went to SBA. Dynamic and terrific young women, uh, professionals. They work in the business. Uh, Clean also works in animation. Uh, those two women, and it was them, and well, there were some snarky remarks I saw online about the panel because we were overloaded with guys, and we had these two dynamic women. And let me tell you, they, let, they took charge of that discussion. They talked about their experiences. They talked about their relationship with, with men, men professionals. They were reasonable. They were forthright and candid. They didn't back down, but they weren't like, you know, they weren't lopping off anybody's head. They really told it like it was, and I thought they were rather brave because, you know, a lot of um, a lot of people thought this panel was going to be a farce. We got a great turnout, and I just want to give kudos to yeah. them. They were under a lot of pressure, and they really delivered. Well, I, I you, you listen. Well, I'll be curious. I want to definitely want to listen to the, the recording of this. So, yeah. So uh, um, we will have that as our yeah. second part, listeners. Uh, but keep listening to the second half of. Yes. This episode. Because we've got, um, we've got an interview with Ted Adams, CEO of IDW Publishing. Also, his first trip to Angolim. We have an interview with Ivanka Hannenberger, uh, a force of nature and a rights uh, representative uh, in France, who has organized the one-day uh, French graphic novel symposium and really has been instrumental behind the scenes in pushing and, and promoting French graphic novels to the American market. And I also have an interview with, with Nicolas Otero, a young French um, a comics artist who has a book just out in France from Glenat. It's a uh, graphic biography of Kurt Cobain, um, very imaginative, powerful one. Uh, Ted, Ted Adams acquired it. <laughs> so he's got, so it's coming out from IDW in the fall. So I have a, an interview with him about the book, how he put it together. Uh, he's, it's a, just a beautifully illustrated book. I can't wait to read it. And it's getting good responses yeah, in France. Yeah, that is one thing there is no uh, surfeit of when you go there. It's amazing. I mean, there's you just see, incredible you books. know, the, the same thing is uh, when I went. I saw that Robert Moses book. Yes. I was like, somebody's got to publish this in the United yes. States. Luckily, Nobel picked it up. Um, yes. But, you know, uh, so, so okay, we're going to have Angle M. We're going to have a special two-part Angle M coverage. And next week's, just to give you a little teaser, people, uh, next week's uh, podcast will be an interview with Rob Liefeld, the creator of Deadpool. Yeah. Because yes. Deadpool's coming out, isn't it, Kate? Deadpool is coming out, and you can't hardly miss it if you go into any comic store in the United States because there are so many different Deadpool, quote-unquote, number ones that I have to believe <laughs> that in the spirit of Deadpool Marvel is trolling us because there is Deadpool Wedding there's Deadpool the Musical there's Deadpool the Variants which is nothing but Variant covers there is the groovy Deadpool the meaty Deadpool and something that looks like a time travel Deadpool with Deadpool and Cable is uh, there yeah well Deadpool's pretty popular do you think he's popular enough for all that well I I kind of think they're faking us out. I don't think there's going to be an issue two of any of these, but we'll see. Well, based on some of the other reports, there may not be an issue two of a lot of Marvel series. So uh, anyway, <laughs> but that's yeah. a whole nother. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a whole nother more to come. Next time, when, well, come well, uh, Calvin, episode. this has been a fascinating glimpse, yeah. and uh, so listen on for yeah. some interviews. 
Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novels. Uh, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor at Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Well, this week I'm uh, recording uh, live from Angoulême. I finally made it here. My first trip to really Europe's most prestigious and far-ranging comics convention. Very different from American comics conventions, um, and and we're going to talk a little bit about that. And I have the great pleasure to, to be talking with Ted Adams, um, CEO of IDW Publishing. Uh, Ted, welcome to More to Come. Thanks, Calvin. Yeah. I appreciate you inviting me to be here. Yes, this is really great. Uh, as I understand, this is your first trip. It is. Into yeah. Yeah, so I'm very excited to be here. Um, I mean, I'm blown away by this. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's uh, you know, as a book industry reporter, I'm seeing comics and in just a sea of comics. Yeah. They're really all books, although I understand. Center is a sort of a growing periodical comics industry right. here in Europe, that, though that isn't their principal way of, of publishing. Um, uh, what are you seeing here, and what are what are you doing here? Yeah, I've had the same experience, and just you know the, the number of books that are published mm-hmm. in yeah. France alone are kind of astronomical, and, yeah. and I've just seen so many books that I love. I've uh, been here for a couple of days and already bought the rights to somewhere around 10 or 12 books. Oh, okay. So many that I've lost track, but uh, I've just fallen in love with a number of things that I've seen here. And and it's just it's just it's such a, a book country, and oh, I just it. love it. And I was at the train station in Paris coming down here, and I went into the little uh, bookstore in the train station, and they had this enormous graphic novel section that was wildly diverse. So they had some of the U.S. content that had been translated here, mm-hmm. really diverse stuff, some of our stuff, image mm-hmm. stuff, Marvel stuff. But then they have so much of their own material, and it really ranges every genre you can think of, you know, autobiography, to fantasy, sci-fi, mm-hmm. mysteries, you know, slice mm-hmm. of life, what, you know, you name it, and there's a, there's a graphic novel for it, and not, I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing, so. Yeah, no, it really is, um, maybe just very briefly give our, our listeners, um, uh, describe IDW just a little bit, just for sure. new, new people who, to, yeah, sure. who may so, not be Yeah, familiar. no, absolutely, so IDW, we've been around uh, since 1999, at, mm-hmm. uh, at our core uh, IDW Publishing, we do a couple of different things. We do licensed comic books, probably best known for things like Transformers, mm-hmm. Star Trek, My Little Pony. Uh, we had great success last year and this year with Back to the Future. We also have a creator-owned uh, division at IDW. Uh, we publish 30 Days of Night, Lock and mm-hmm. Key. Uh, Gabriel Rodriguez does all of his publishing with us and Ashley Wood. So very diverse publisher uh, within the core brand. And then last year we bought Top Shelf, yes. mm-hmm. which is an independent publisher. Uh, they do all kinds of great things. Uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, From Hell. Uh, we published at the end of last year an adaptation of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas yeah. by Troy mm-hmm. Little, which I'm really proud of. Uh, also just published Story of My Tits by Jennifer Hayden, yeah. mm-hmm. which is a very important book, uh, that, uh, very powerful book. Uh, so we have Top Shelf, and then we also have Library of American Comics, where we reprint classic American comics. Dean Mullaney, right? Yeah, Those, Dean Mullaney runs that. Fabulous yeah. books. And yeah. the Porto Maltese book. Yeah, and that's actually a really new, yeah. incredible. So yes. Dean, uh, Dean has the Library of American Comics, mm-hmm. where he does the classic U.S. stuff, and then Euro Comics, where mm-hmm. we're bringing over Corco Maltese mm-hmm. and some other great books. Uh, and so we have those divisions, and then we have Yo Books, who Dean kind of specializes in looking at comic strips, the history of comic mm-hmm. strips, and Yo Books specializes in looking at the history of uh, comic books. Mm-hmm. So we have those divisions. Uh, we also do some prose books, and then uh, we also have our artist edition line, which we've pioneered. Oh, those are amazing and, uh, as yeah, well. So now, at one uh, point, you, you sort of only get them through the direct market. Yeah. I mean, can you get them through the general book trade? Or no, no, we, no, we don't sell ah, to the general book trade. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. those books are amazing. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah we 
wanted to protect the direct market on those okay. books because mm-hmm. heavy discounting on those books is not what we wanted for uh-huh. anybody, and they're very expensive to produce. So mm-hmm. we need, we really need the full support of the direct market mm-hmm. comic shops to make that work. So. Um, so that's done really well for us. And then we also, and those books are enormous. In some cases, they're they're as tall as three feet. Uh, yeah, just I mean, these, I've know, seen some heavy, of them. Heavy, heavy books. So. And so that's done really well for us. And then we also do micro-comic fun packs, which is the world's smallest mm-hmm. comics. Yeah. <laughs> those comics are a little bit bigger than a trading card, and we sell those at mass. So in the U.S., it's available at Kmart, Walmart, and those kinds of places in the trading card section. So we have very broad distribution of content. And we're in market right now with a Star Wars fun pack that's doing very well for us. Well, I mean, one of the things that we have been uh, covering here at PW over the last year, uh, and, and this is we've covered this before, uh, as French publishers look to the American market, I mean, they have these, this enormous legacy, yeah. both a legacy and a publishing program that publishes, you know, across the board of genres. Uh, you know, the American market is sort of has historically has kind of focused on superheroes, certainly after a certain period. Right. Um, you know, we've, we've been involved in a discussion this morning about gender and diversity in comics. Uh, this is a great marketplace for American publishers looking to introduce new kinds of material yeah. to the market. Yeah. And you certainly seem to be taking advantage yeah, of it. Yeah, no, I really am. I, I, you know, I'm, I think I'm... Yes, yes. <laughs> I think I'm the only... Uh, uh, U.S. publisher here, which is great for me. Yeah, there's not a lot. I can I can so have my uh, my pick of whatever yeah. I want, which is awesome. So, actually, I probably shouldn't say that. Yeah. My competitors will show up. But <laughs> what I'm really focusing on is it, it um, is books that are not that they don't look like what's already in the U.S. market. Sure. So I'm looking mm-hmm. for biographies, nonfiction. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for. Uh, you know, slice of life stories, kind of anything mm-hmm. with an independent, very creator-specific mm-hmm. vision. Not mm-hmm. looking for sci-fi, not looking for fantasy, mm-hmm. not looking for those kinds of things. Really looking for things that are just more in that kind of independent vein. As an example, we have the rights to do uh, a book that was published in France. It's a biography of Kurt Cobain by this amazing creator who. Uh, oh, that's just, you know, which great. Is, yeah, well, obviously. Really, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. And mm-hmm. when we bring that over, we're not going to bring it over as a French book. We're going to bring it over just as a book. Sure. And so, you know, I think sure. that in the U.S. in particular, there's, you know, Cobain and Nirvana are still, you know, oh, what's so much of doubt. the zeitgeist. And, you know, I grew yeah. up I grew up uh, listening to his music. And this is a powerful book. It, it, it doesn't flinch in telling his story. And I suspect it could be controversial in the U.S., but it's an important story. And I think it's an interesting story, you know, that, that you know, this kind of classic story about people who are so creatively talented they don't they really don't know how to manage it they turn mm-hmm. to drugs and then you know mm-hmm. and, and ultimately you know what happened with him to the end of his life and I just think that the way the story is told in this particular graphic novel is really powerful so mm-hmm. I'm excited to bring it over and again just bringing it over as a book that we're going to put some marketing and promotion sure. behind and, and see if we can sure. get a you know main, a mainstream audience to find. I also think that nonfiction uh, is the, it, certainly in the American market we've just barely scratched the surface mm-hmm. on it and very often when we talk about books that really have worked liter- you know quote unquote right. literary books they often are memoirs yeah. and autobiography yeah. we've seen it. Well our bestseller is, is far and away uh, the March books by Congressman John Lewis oh. and Andrew Aiden. Yeah. And oh well, without Those a doubt. Books, oh I my mean, gosh yeah, I mean they're just you know and, so, and again you talk about powerful work I mean, those books, you know, those, those books, like, you, you, they, you know, they give me goosebumps when I read them. Yeah. They're so powerful. And, you know, that has clearly resonated with an enormous audience. And so those books are sold in schools, universities. You know, we have reached so many people who yeah. just don't read. They would never, yeah. you know, they just don't think of reading a graphic novel. But, and that's yeah. kind of the whole point. It becomes just a book. 
And all of a sudden now, you know, we've introduced a generation to the March books, and those are people who are now thinking, oh, well, yeah, I've read a graphic novel. I know what that means. Yeah. I'm not intimidated yeah. to go read another yeah. one. You know, I actually was uh, had, uh, fortunate that they interviewed Nate Powell, the artist, oh, on yeah. that book in front of about 400 freshmen uh, at SUNY College at yeah, Old Westbury. Right. Yeah. It was required reading. Yeah. and but, but I will tell you, those students were incredibly engaged. Yeah. We talked for an hour and there were almost an hour of questions. I mean, students yeah. were lined up yeah. around the room right. to respond to that and to link that book to uh, Black Lives Matter right. in many ways. Right. So, yeah. um, it's, just, it's an amazing way to, I mean, it's, 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 it's such a great way to learn you know, about history yeah, absolutely. and to be able to do it in a way that's mm. not intimidating and mm. not scary. And it's just, you know, I, those books, it, it, and, and those books mm. predated our relationship with Top Shelf, so I, mm. you know, I can't say yeah. that I mm. found them or sourced them. You know, that was Chris Staros at Top Shelf that did it, and Andrew Aiden mm. who had the vision for it. But those books are are important books. Yeah. I mean, they just are important books. Yeah, they're they're changing minds. They're you know they're, because we we have a tendency to not pay a lot of attention to history and you know kind of forget. I think and, certainly and I think, in the American side, that's right. true. We, you know, <laughs> and like some of the yes. things that we see ourselves going through, like yeah. you're saying with Black Lives Matter. Yeah. You know, we see these cycles where things just happen mm. over and over and mm. over. And so you know to try mm. and educate people on what has happened with civil rights and you know the, yeah. the ongoing struggle. So it's I, I, I'm just incredibly proud of those books. One last question, and I'll let you go here. And it's actually another segue to uh, to top shelf, uh, prominent. Uh, independent literary, you know, for want of a better word, graphic right. novel publisher, acquired by you guys. Uh, how do they function within ID, the D, IDW? So they're independent. I, mm -hmm. you know, they they uh, they actually didn't. We're based in San Diego. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't move to San Diego, so they're still working mm -hmm. from the offices they were in. It's Chris Staros, you know, Staros, yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, Lee Walton mm -hmm. and uh, Chris Ross are the are the main guys mm -hmm. behind it. And uh, yeah, no, I didn't want to. They, you know, I yeah. bought them because they they do great work, and so I didn't want to mess that up. Sure. And so mm -hmm. they run very independently. We, uh, I had already purchased the rights to do the Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas adaptation, uh -huh. and I thought it made more sense as a top shelf book. So we actually co-branded that particular sure. book. Perfect book what, for them. Yeah, sure. perfect book mm -hmm. for them. What I told Chris when we bought the company was, I just wanted to give him more access to capital because he, because mm -hmm. he's, you know, he didn't, he, he, you know, he, he's, he had limited access to capital sure. up to that point and so I just said hey listen let's use our checkbook and go out and get some interesting books and so we're in the midst now of him being able to go out and acquire rights to all kinds of interesting yeah. things so but I but Chris has great taste makes great books and so I wasn't going to mess that up and so, well yeah. it sounds like a great team up for sure yeah, yeah. anyway look Ted thank you for being on more to come thanks Calvin all right. I enjoyed yeah, it too thank you Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Well, we're back again, uh, believe it or not, at Angolim, uh, the incredible European Comics Festival. Yes, this is my first time here. Yes, I'm incredibly impressed. Uh, and, and now I've got, I'm going to be impressed again because I want to, uh, want to introduce you to uh, an artist I'm just discovered, but I think you're going to be hearing up a, quite a bit more about uh, in the future. Uh, Nicola Otero, welcome to More to Come. Hello. Uh, that is, that's the name of our little podcast, yes. But uh, we're here to talk about uh, a new, gra I'm going to call it a graphic biography, but I think you use fictional techniques uh, in reconstructing uh, the life and uh, in the death 
of Kurt Cobain, of Nirvana. Uh, this is obviously a, a topic of international interest, but this is a work that it, it looks absolutely beautiful, imaginative. So can you tell me about a little bit about, well, first, a little bit about yourself, because I'm not as familiar oh. with your work. Okay, so I'm Nicolas. I'm uh, I'm French. I live near Lyon in France, and I I draw uh, as much as I can since I'm uh, I'm a little kid. Yeah. I'm uh, professionally published since uh, 2002. I did my first uh, series. It's, it's it's okay. This, uh, my first series was called mm. America about the, the Ku Klux Klan. Oh really? <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> so you know, uh, maybe there's a there's, uh, there's something attractive with me with the United States, I uh. don't know. Uh, and um, I, uh, I did this book uh, because I like first uh, the, the man, the music, and uh, uh, his life was such a tragedy. And um, uh, I discovered... Uh, I discovered... Uh, I discovered um, the, um, it's an adaptation of a, of a book, a French, a French author, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I like the way she um, she talked about Kurt because um, the the narrator is Boda. So I don't know if you know if you. I didn't know much. I mean, Ivanka uh, mentioned uh, mentioned to me, but I actually was not familiar with. So Boda was the uh, was the, the guy uh, on uh, on his suicide letter. Mm -hmm. He started with with his word to Boda, and uh, yeah. and Kurt uh, explained uh, what he has to say, and um, it's it's a, I can I cannot say uh, everything about uh, this because uh, it's it's in the book, but uh, it's a guy who was uh, really near to Kurt. Uh, who appears in his life uh, when uh, when uh, his parents divorced mm -hmm. well, after the divorce yes mm -hmm. and uh, so he saw everything he was there uh, everywhere every time he speak uh, honestly with him as much as he, as he can and uh, and um, and it was really important for Kurt. So that was a so it's sort of confessional device. I mean, like he, like a Jiminy Cricket, you yeah, know. Yeah, we can say that it was a kind of conscious because uh, when uh, when Kurt Cobain uh, became a superstar in the world, uh, nobody talks to him uh, like like uh, like they did before. Yeah, so and the only guy yeah, uh, who did this was was Boda finally. Yeah. So a good conscience, bad conscience. I don't know. Maybe you can find it uh, mm -hmm. reading uh, the book, but. Yeah. Uh, I like the way I like the way uh, this guy um, uh, allow me to 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 make scenes uh, intimate intimate scenes mm -hmm. uh, um, live live scene. There's uh, there's there's some drugs because Kurt has a lot of problems with the, mm -hmm. his addiction and. Uh, and it was so fun to do. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, I, well, sorry for my uh, bad yeah. English. Really, that, I no, try. I do the best. Your English is fine. Uh, <laughs> you would not want to hear me try to speak it's French. It's really, Let really me tell hard. You. Really that hard. would really be painful. Um, <laughs> and I took French for eight years in public schools. You would, you know, I can barely say merci. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I was uh, looking around online. Uh, about this book, and I and I did see another book with a similar title. This is a book that you adapted. Was sort of is the oh, basis. Yes, you mentioned early yeah. on the the not uh, the uh, I guess it's a biography. The, the basis was yeah. uh, Le, Le Roman de Boda by uh, Eloise Gay uh, de okay, Bellisson. Yes, right. the author I talked yeah, to. Yeah, and you, I just uh, saw. I was looking around online and saw it. Um, so this is a combination, I'm sure, of uh, what you imagine him to be, as well as what has been documented. 
Yes, you yes, said you said course. everything. Well, uh, yeah. I, I tried to I tried to give as as much um, 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 guts, my guts, mm -hmm. you know, my guts in in this story because uh, we we know we know as much everything as we can on, on Kurt Cobain's life, mm -hmm. but we have to to dream uh, yes. so we have, we have to dream uh, sure of course you have yeah, you know yeah. music and yeah. stuff like that it's imagination it's vibration so I will try to combine these uh, these two elements yeah, and, uh, yeah. Um, now uh, IDW is going to be publishing this in, yes. in the US yeah. in 2016 um, is it this year is it going to be in 2016 or I, I yes I took I took yeah. with uh, with Jeff and, uh, and Ted yesterday yes, and uh -huh. they say maybe October it uh -huh. could be okay, the, 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 the uh, well, I'm so happy about maybe we can uh, talk to you again uh, in the fall I don't know if it, will you be I, coming to the US at all uh, I, I think this has book they, this has really ask, a lot of they potential ask, they asked me yesterday if I can come to, to, to the United States maybe the Comic Con in New York Oh, okay. New York City, yeah. uh, October. It can that be, might be uh, true. Uh, or maybe uh, there's another know. festival in September as well, a Brooklyn Book Festival. Brooklyn Book? I don't you never know, but no. I have some involvement. But uh, I, I'm, I'm very excited about this because, of course, in the U.S. today, we're in a great period where the comics market is open to a, to a, a, a wide array of new materials and book format in particular. I think this is something that will really capture people's imagination. Your drawing style is really vivid and expressive, so that's really exciting too. And of course, the characters are fascinating, uh, yeah. fascinating to us all. Uh, so, uh, for um, me, it's such a great adventure, so I'm, uh, I will really be yeah, happy to, to, yeah, to come uh, see you in a... Um, in I, I, did you use other sources beside the book? I mean, did, did you... Uh, any more re other research, or was that prime, your primary source of information? Uh, I, I take some documentation, you know, for the for the closes to to see uh, sure. part of the concerts and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But uh, I didn't want to uh, to be uh, too much uh, influenced mm -hmm. by uh, by uh, uh, external. Uh, External materials, sure. mm -hmm. but uh, I need I need to see uh, something to, mm -hmm. to 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 get really in the subject and mm -hmm. be and be as as uh, as as clear as possible mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, and feeling the vibration of the of the of the grunge period of the this, sure. this short mm -hmm. period. I I live this as a, as a, as a young Frenchman. I was 16 uh, when sure. uh, you mm -hmm. know, so I took it in the face like all the all the. All the young men and the young people uh, at this time. So, uh, but uh, I, I just try to to let my heart talk yeah. in, uh, in doing this and, uh, and be as much as expressive and uh, and, um, and 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 giving a lot of energy in this in this book. Now, this has just recently been published in, in France. Yes, right? September. Yeah, September. September. Yeah. yeah. So in September. Yeah. So what's been the reception here? Uh, uh, what, have you had any feedback? Good, uh, good press, good, good yeah, press in yeah. France. Hopefully, I, selling, selling I, I a lot of copies. I don't have the. the you haven't seen your royalties uh, statements yet. That's a, a nosy question, but uh, uh, but, no, but I, you do see that there is there, uh, I, I, an audience for the book is, is obviously. I, I think, I yes. think because right, because yeah. I, I don't know, Kurt is an is an, is an icon uh, yes. everywhere in the world. He touched so many people. His yes. life was such a, so sad, so 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 powerful, so. So extraordinary. So yes, in France, I get. I don't. I don't have uh, still the, the. I still don't have the the sales. The sales. The, 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 yeah. Well, numbers, still, it's still recent. But yeah. I have. Uh, uh, the the French press talked uh, talked as much musical press and, mm -hmm. uh, and stuff like that. So uh, I, I I hope and I I, I do some. Um, I did. I 
yeah, sorry. I did some conventions in France, and uh, there's a, the the people like the books. There were some people say they were crying. There was such a such a emotion. Well, I, and, uh, I don't doubt that you'll have that effect on it. Well, look, thanks so much for talking to us. Uh, I look forward to seeing it in English. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's unfortunately my weakness. I, I don't really best, speak a foreign language. <laughs> so, Nicolas, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Nice. Welcome to More to Come, Publishers Weekly's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. All right. Um, we're back here at the licensing and rights marketplace at Angolim. Uh, for those of you who may not have heard my previous podcast, uh, Angolim is really the premier comics festival in New York. This is my first trip here. Uh, excuse me, the premier comics festival in Europe. Sorry, too New York-centric uh, sometimes. Um, but we are in Angolim, uh, in the southwestern France. Uh, truly an amazing event. Um, uh, we've done a few other interviews, but today I've got the pleasure to talk with Ivanka Hannenberger, um, general manager of VIP Brands. Uh, she sells rights. She uh, was uh, certainly the, the, the force behind... The one-day symposium on French graphic novels in New York really is uh, a a kind of a seminal seminal event, in in some ways reintroducing the French graphic novel to American um, to American audiences and to American publishers and, and fans. Uh, Ivanka, welcome to More to Come. Hi, thanks. So um, you know, I want to start out. I mean, uh, I was introduced to you by Heidi McDonald, my colleague, uh, and I have since learned a lot more about you. Uh, really, a force. Uh, both in selling rights and in and also I'd like to say in your vision for where comics are going both in the U.S. and here in Europe. Um, maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about your background. Hi, well my background, background investment banking, yeah, I was one of the bad guys and then I uh, <laughs> took off around the world and when I came back I said I wanted to go into film, television, so uh, with my banking experience I ran uh, the investment sides and the finance sides of film, TV, commercials. Mm -hmm. And uh, because at that time, I won't tell you how old I am, the producers didn't really have to worry about money. Money was falling from the sky. And so there were no financial people. And I started to do that and loved that and then got introduced to animation through a guy named um, Phil Kimmelman, who invented the M&M's characters. And, oh, really? okay. uh, yeah, and so Phil and I got the bug, and I went to animation. From animation, I went to digital in 2003 and uh, worked with digital content, which was phone content. And funnily enough, worked with the Angry Birds guys who are sitting oh, right really? across from us, the oh. creators of Angry Birds, right there. And I knew them, yeah, for us, you know, gods in our world. And um, then from there, I just said, you know what? I, w I love comics. I was raised in Geneva, and I miss real comics, excuse me, but not <laughs> tights and capes, but what's going on here? And what's going on here is someone said to me once, what's a comic? And I kind of looked at them, and I said, well, it's big, it's tall, it's thin, it's fat, it's intellectual. It's not. Sure. It's, so um, that's what I decided to do. And I knew, and what I like to do is cutting edge. And uh, so I went into animation when in the 90s, late 90s, when it wasn't boom, and then it went boom. And then I went to digital in 2001 when I would go to MIP with all the TV producers and say, can I have your content for a cell phone? And they'd look at their banana Nokia and go, yeah. what? 
Um, and now I'm in comics because I know that that's what's coming to North America. I know that that's the boom now. I know that graphic novels, that's where we are. And people who aren't reading at all will rather read with pictures, as my friend Calvin Reed said. <laughs> and uh, so that's why I'm here. And I came here to sell comics to North Americans, and there was nobody at Angoulême. So I said, well, let's bring the North Americans over. And the greatest thing is they come over, and it's like, as Karen Green said, now I know what you mean. There you go. So there you go. Well, obviously, I've been... I've known about Angoulême for many years. Um, uh, fr French graphic novels, the tradition here, uh, kind of, I, I kind of stumbled into it in the late 1980s. Uh, the Catalan editions uh, were the first uh, that I encountered in the U.S. Uh, obviously, since then, there's much more exposure, but still, this it's, is kind of virgin territory for European graphic novel publishers. It's, the, it's a different tradition. Uh, you know, certainly, you, you could describe it as a more literary, more artful tradition. Uh, American comics are great for you know drawing explosions uh, to, co to go along with the filmed explosions in American right, films. Right, right. Um, but this is a different tradition, and the American market now seems. I mean, French publishers have tried before to get yes. into the American yes. market yes. to some extent. Yes. But really, the, the American market now, and this is what I've been covering for many years. Uh, seems to be at a place now that it's more open. Uh, the bookstore market is far more important to American comics publishers than ever before. And the bookstore yes. market wants a broader variety of content. And really, it's here. The, you cannot imagine the role of comics in French culture until you see it. Huge. I, I'll give an example. I was with Ted Adams, who's here from IDW, and um, first of all, he's looking around going, okay, I get it. But, this is um, the CEO of IDW. CEO of IDW. And we were walking down the street going to this to the independence tent, so there's a whole tent of independent comic publishers, so if you're an independent, you, Hope is here. Uh, and we were walking down the road, and there were two old ladies of, I would say, probably in their 80s and 90s, walking with Kane slowly up the street, where all that she, and they were talking about the comics they had just read and they were arguing with yeah. each other because this one woman was saying no the one I read was better I mean now yeah. I can't remember the titles and I t said to Ted I said you know there's two ladies behind us are just are talking about comics and the ones that they were reading and he turned and he took a double take because I'm sure he was expecting maybe 20 something yeah some something. blue hair but you they know. were 90 something <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. okay 90 and they literally had caves yeah. Uh, yeah. and it, it, that's yeah. the, the comic world is here they're yeah. not they're not comics they're books yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there are children's books, and there are adult books, and there are this, but they're books, yes. and that's where it's going in America. I'm sure of it. And Persopolis was the one that changed. Sure. The thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, so tell us about VIP Brands. VIP Brands is a licensing company. We started out in licensing in the '80s and took a big whack in 2008. And um, uh, with the recession, with the recession, yeah, yes. we went from 2.5 million a year to zero. Wow. I mean, it was the most extraordinary thing we'd ever seen. It was literally zero. No one was paying their bills. And my partner and I said, we can't recover from this. I mean, it happened too fast. And coincidentally, sort of at the same time we, st we struggled for two years, Jack Glenna, who owns the biggest independent publishing company, a comics publishing company in probably Europe. He's mm -hmm. over 800 to 1,000 titles a year. Yes, mm -hmm. comics. And uh, mm -hmm. he gave me a chance. He said, why don't you represent us since you believe that that's the next wave. Mm -hmm. So I decided to focus my licensing on licensing European comics in North America. So what's what we do? And so we're licensing. We also do a lot of consulting on licensing because French author rights are very, very different from North Americans. 
they own the copyright in perpetuity. You cannot separate it from them. The French believe that any artist cannot be separated from his art. It is physically impossible. Ergo, you cannot separate the copyright from yours, which is very difficult when you're doing contracts with North Americans who want everything. So I do a lot of consulting um, on that part, working with people on rights, and that's, you know... Isn't that the, the, what the, the moral... Trois moral, it's called, yeah, the moral the, right. Yes, um, yeah. as a uh, book publishing reporter, I have covered the distinction between the American view of copyright and, and, in, and in Europe. So, yeah. It's impossible. It's a very, we also yeah. represent one architectural work called The Grand Arche de la Défense, mm -hmm. not comic-related, mm -hmm. but just so that you know. Um, architectural works cannot be separated from the author. And what that really means is that you cannot change anything in any work without asking the author for the rest of the existence. So, of course, if the author is dead and caught in the chance of architecture and whatever, yeah. it's their family. So if you want to put up, paint, or, well, change anything about a piece of building, mm. add a wing or something to mm. a building that was built in the 16th century in France, you're technically supposed to ask the, the right, estate. Or, the estate. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so just, just so that you know, yeah. you know, when you work with French authors, if you want to change a word... Mm, Technically, you're supposed to ask them; they have to give their approval, which for mm -hmm. Americans is just yeah, yeah. Well, does that? How, how does that play out in your right selling? I mean, that must be. Uh, well, for now, we haven't had a problem yeah. because the artists are quite excited to get the North American market, and I translate a lot of the works for them. So I talk to them, and every every time I translate something, and they get squirmy, I have long talks with them on the phone, and I explain to them why and everything, um, you know. But. Well, that's why Just that's why my up. wife calls you the fixer. <laughs> <laughs> and I should also explain uh, that uh, your facility in multiple languages, I've seen it myself. Uh, uh, certainly the ability to talk uh, in legal terms in a variety of languages impressive you know typical yeah. American here thank you but yeah right to get my English together but yeah <laughs> but rights is um, it's the key to it all I mean you know the rights uh, chain and so a little background how did the symposium the the, the French uh, graphic novel symposium came out that we, we, we happened in 2015 just prior to BEA which really I thought ignited quite a bit of uh, interest on oh, the American right, side and I was a part of it um, part Calvin of was a key part of it yeah. um, we when we said the Calvin was coming the numbers changed dramatically. No, it's true. Um, because, you know, when you have a guru there, then people trust that what's going to be said, because there's still a little bit of, you know, well, if the French say something, we don't really know. And then, um, until you come to Angoulême, you realize that the French market is just It's really bigger. extraordinary. <laughs> it's like much bigger, but yes. it's okay. I know. It's, we'll, I mean, that's the other thing. The, the numbers of sales... Uh, they're just incredible. Yeah, I mean, well, let's just talk about that's yeah. probably more exciting for people listening is that, for example, I work for Glenna, private company, 100% owned um, by Jacques Glenna, and uh, we have 10 top titles that sell anywhere between 40 million and 7 million copies. It's, um, yeah. it's like numbers, you know, we have 69 million people in France. Okay. The most obscure literary comic seems to sell 15, 20, 30,000 copies. copies. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah. And 15,000 copies is, in France, they're starting to say it's really good because they want to impress the, the American market. But, you know, 15,000 copies yeah. for them is like, yeah. They, yeah, it's all right. It's fine, you know. Yeah. And it's interesting because I had a meeting with a Chinese guy who came over to me and he said, oh, you know, we put this book out and it sold 3 million copies. And I went, eh. And the Chinese, you know, they, they love impressing Americans with numbers. And I said, okay, well, come here. And I walked him across the stand because it's small mm -hmm. here. And I picked up this book and I said, 70 million. The Chinese guy just was like, because we have 69 million people here and they have Apparently a billion. Apparently they all bought a graphic novel. 
billion, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's we, we, that's yeah. really important is the numbers game here. Yeah. But that symposium that brought together uh, dis uh, distributors, yeah. publishers, um, there was a big media presence in the right. audience. Huge media uh, the, presence. Uh, 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 a little I article that I wrote to preview it enormous traffic on PW. Really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah, so. I think we had somewhere between, well, 70 American publishers said they were coming, and I think mm -hmm. we counted between 50 and 60. I don't mm -hmm. know. I can't, mm -hmm. I can't remember. Um, many of them were not graphic novel publishers or comics yeah. publishers. Mm -hmm. There were kids and adults and all sorts of things. Um, I think it came out because we're really trying to move into North America. Mm -hmm. We're trying to, now is the time, and I think yeah. the failures happened because they had French people come in, and I don't mean, but yes. um, they had <laughs> They hired, no, offense. no offense. They hired French people to come to America to sell them French comics because they thought, well, we know our product better than them, which is fair enough, but you have to know your audience. And I think yes. one thing I really appreciate about the United States is we're always pitching to the audience. And over here, they have a tendency to pitch from what they know and we have a tendency to pitch to who is buying and it's a completely mm -hmm. different mentality mm -hmm. um, and I think so this has been happening and I've been pushing very hard for this and I said we need to do an event we need to do an event and Etienne Bonin there's a thing called Bief the Bureau mm -hmm. International de Editeur Français, which is the International Association of French Publishers, they have a division of comics publishers, and they said they wanted to do an event. And I said, if you do it, you do it at BEA, and that's how it happened. Yes, um, because it was everyone's a great in New York. Way to kick off BEA, and really, in some ways, set the tone for for what was going to happen. Yeah. With what people would be talking about. And I mean, people came up to me afterwards and it was the event. I mean, big publishers came up to me and said that I was telling Calvin last night, uh, why did you invite me? And I was like, I did. You just didn't answer my email Check as email. usual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, and really it was the event. It was the buzz. Yeah. Uh, so we're sitting in the, in, the, in the center of the licensing and rights marketplace. What goes on here? Describe what's here. This is here? a subset of the, of the, the big market, which yeah. is where the public is and everyone. It's just to sell... Um, Publishers buy stands or rent stands to sell pitch books to buyers, um, so, and buyers come from all over the world. Literally, I mean, I was saying China. There was Japanese. I mean, Calvin, I think yeah, you've seen them. Sure. They were coming yeah, yeah, from everywhere, no, and they're they're in a buying mode. They're here to buy because the, all the books are out there. You get all excited. You see them all. You see the people reading them. People, you know, it's it's just very exciting. And so they come here to buy the rights and to translate them and bring them into their countries. And that's you know, it's a pretty exciting thing. Many, many, many deals are done here. Well, we, we were looking at uh, some of the titles yesterday. I mean, you want to talk about a few things? I mean, the Kurt Cobain Oh, yeah, we're very excited title, about the Kurt Cobain that IDW is picking up. Yeah. IDW mm -hmm. is also picking up Super Tokyo Land, which is yes. a mm -hmm. story of a young uh, autobiography of a young French guy who fell in love with a Japanese girl when he was going to cartoon school here, went to Japan to follow her, never found her, but stayed for seven years and actually worked with manga kaz, which is yeah, know, which is the really Jamais rare. Boom. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. rare. Very. He worked with all the big ones. Um, the Robert Johnson. Uh, the Robert Johnson, which is going to Angus. Yeah, yeah. yeah beautiful woodcut. Favor and favor, favor. Mm -hmm. favor, favor. Beautiful woodcut mm -hmm. thing. Sold a thing called Agito Combo uh, Cosmos to my our favorite little publishers, yeah, Cliff Core. Yeah, new young guys. Yeah. 
setting up in Vermont, and they are standing up their own company, and they're they're stepping off the, into the abyss, and they're really exciting. <laughs> they bought Agito Cosmos and a bookstore guy from California. What's the, do you know the guy who runs that bookstop in San Francisco, and he sells French books? Very well-known no, no, guy. Actually, I, I don't I'll introduce yeah, you yeah. to him. I can't yeah. remember his name. He says Agito Cosmos is his number one seller. He sells books in French, uh, oh, and it sells out every time he sells it. So they have an eye. Great. Right? Terrific, yeah. Um, we've, I mean, there's just so many books moving here. I think I showed Calvin. We had the Robert Moses that we sold to Nobrow, oh, yes, which yes. was on the New York Times yes. bestseller. Yes. I also sold Blue is the Warmest Color, New York Times yes, bestseller. Yes, yes. Uh, and actually a worldwide sensation. Worldwide. Um, a, a film, uh, film attached to it as well. Yeah. So, um, uh, I've, uh, so there was I've another t- uh, titled at Arsenal Pulp. Uh, uh, they did. They're doing was, the Castro coming. book. Yes. From yes, Carlson. We're sitting book. in yes. their stand right now. Yes. <laughs> Reinhard Kleiss. Um, so I've sold, yeah. I've had two New York Times bestsellers. I've had books that... Uh, Sold over thirty thousand copies, which here is just you know. Yeah, right. Yes, you know, yeah, but in the U.S., that's like a, they that's ignore not me. Bad, yeah. they, like, no, Ivanka, you haven't done that. Yeah. Like thirty. <laughs> so um, there's just we have right. a lot of really great things. I have a series from a young publisher called Makaka, which I think is America's next thing. Um, they're uh, pick your own adventure comics. Yes, mm-hmm. and they're very exciting. And they do Sherlock Holmes. They do from age eight to age sixteen, and I think that's really the next. Uh, one of the next things coming. So well, uh, it, this has been an eye opener for me. Now I, I knew where, what you know I had a vision in my did, head of yeah. what, but really seeing is believing, uh, and it's really been a, a really been a, an absolute game changer to come here and to get a chance to hang out with you a little bit as well. <laughs> Thanks. So it's, been very uh, it's really great. Um, really, uh, your vision as well as your skills, uh, which are numerous, really are is really kind of helping this thing to happen. So. Looks, uh, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Can I just say one thing? You Go to the can. PW website because uh, Calvin's wife, Jody, has been taking amazing pictures. Yes, she does. With <laughs> amazing personalities. You can't even imagine the personalities we were just sitting at dinner with or walking down the street and seeing. So go to the website and look at those photos because you will not believe who's here. Wow, fresh from the cognac-soaked floors of Angolam. That was great. Yes. Uh, I had a fabulous time. I got, now I've got to figure out how to get back again. Oh. <laughs> Road trip! <laughs> yes, I'm telling you. Um, really, uh, going to France is pretty cool. Awesome. There's always going to be... More. To... Come.